You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Steve Rosenblum. I'm the gangster of love. He's the midnight toker. Some people call me Maurice. What? Somebody texted Ooh. in. Gabe Ramirez. I don't want nobody to know how thirsty I am. Low-key, I'm thirsty. <laughs> but I don't want anyone to know that. I'm going to play hard to get just for a little bit, even though I, my decisions are already made. On 670 The Score and on 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Born on the 4th of July. Something like that. Good morning, welcome, and happy 4th of July to you. Happy Independence Day. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Gabe Ramirez. We are here with you from 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. We are bringing you live and local sports talk. Good morning, Gabe. How are you? Doing fantastic. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to be missing out on some some meat preparation for the barbecue today. But, you know, I'm glad to be here because I'm born in the USA and I'm celebrating the 4th of July on air with you, which is a pleasure. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. It flew by last time we did this on Memorial Day. We're your holiday pairing <laughs> in radio as I adopt my Ron Gleason voice. Just don't lose it by the end of the show. <clears throat> by the end of the show, I'm going to have my smooth jazz voice. <laughs> okay, so I... I'm going to ask you a question that I will ask our audience. I'm telling you now, we are broadcasting live. Live, I tell you, live and local, me and Gabe Ramirez broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Our text number, 312-644-6767. Same phone number to reach us at the score. The White Sox swept the Giants. They go on the road. They go into San Francisco. They sweep the Giants. I did not see that coming. Lucas Giolito with a bullpen in bad, in dire need of not being used. Six innings, three hits, one run, two walks, seven strikeouts. The White Sox come out of that weekend, four and a half games behind the first place Twins. And look who's coming into town tonight. They're four games out of the wild card. One game under 500 at 38 and 39. Here's what they're looking at. 14 days, 15 games against the Twins, Tigers, Guardians, and Twins again. Then the All-Star break. Then four more against the Guardians in three days. That's a couple doubleheaders in the next couple weeks. Trade deadline is August 2nd. So, Gabe, score listeners. Do you believe in the White Sox, or are you not getting suckered again? Won't get fooled again is the who saying. I'm the guy that's halfway out of the train but still holding on. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah. 
you know. <laughs> All right. Well, paint a I radio have picture a, for us. I have my arm. I'm, I'm hanging out, and I, I want to jump off of the train and say we have no shot, but but I'm holding on for for dear life. And I think that every Sox fan is. They want them to do well. This is the perfect. I mean, if you're looking for some opponents to bounce back from these next 23 games for the rest of the month, I mean, that's who you want to be facing. Obviously, you can gain some ground on Minnesota. You got Detroit coming in. I, I did. I crunched the numbers. If you can go 16 and, and eight, right? 24 game or 24 games left. I believe when, it is. When have they played 16 and eight baseball this year? Exactly. That's why uh, I said I'm hoping for them to go 16 and eight. If, yeah. if they want me to stay on this train. <laughs> and not get run over if I need by to, it. If I, want, if I need to go back to my seat, right, and not fall underneath it, then I need them to be somewhere in that range. And they can if they can win every series that's remaining. I mean, obviously they got to start with a tough one against Minnesota today. But, I mean, I think they believe it in their clubhouse. I think management believes it. I think the front office put this team together and in hopes that they would be as competitive as possible and they have the opportunity to do that and so it'd be one thing to be sitting 10 games under 500 it's another thing to sit one game under 500 and then to have some divisional opponents where you can gain some ground and that's the position that they find themselves in and with the with a really good jump start with the sweep coming against the uh san francisco giants this weekend the sweep brings Sox fans to the precipice hey Look at that, and and look what happened. Yeah, yesterday they went from six to one to like thirteen to four, right? Yeah. I mean, it was just like, wait a minute, and and then the Giants got some runs. Somebody, I wish I knew who. I, I would like to give proper credit. Somebody tweeted out, "Do do Giants fans know that Vinny Velasquez is not a position player?" <laughs> I don't, right, I don't right, know. Right, right. Tweeted that it was brilliant. And my, the highest compliment I can pay is that line is good enough to steal. But Lucas Giolito gave them what they needed. Six innings, quality start. I found this amazing. Jay Kuda, a wonderful follow for your White Sox pleasures on Twitter, at Jay Kuda, J-A-Y-C-U-D-A, noted Alex uh, Lucas Giolito, that's consecutive quality starts for him. So this was the guy you've been waiting on. You're a Sox fan, you've been waiting on. We're we're Chicago with we've been told this is World Series or bust. We've been waiting on Lucas Giolito. I'm sorry, if you're an ace, you better start pitching like one. <laughs> right. Don't pitch like a guy that Josh Josh Donaldson was right about. No more sticky stuff, no more ball game, no more nothing, right? So that's two quality starts. Those two quality starts tied him for the team lead. That's six. <laughs> Do you know who he's tied with? Dylan Cease. Johnny Cueto. Oh, man. Johnny Cueto's been here 20 minutes, <laughs> yeah. and he had the team lead in quality starts. Dylan Cease has five. Kopech has five. But the point I'm getting to is while the bats woke up, certain bats did. The, the baseball, Vince Scully told us, momentum is tomorrow's starting pitcher. Johnny Cueto is today's starting pitcher against the Twins. And that's what you saw this weekend. You saw Lance Lynn go all Lance Lynn. You saw Dylan Cease. He wasn't good, but he was good enough by his own admission. That's terrific. When Dylan Cease is, I, I was just good enough. Sox win the game. And then Lucas Giolito says, I can't afford to get into the bullpen again. Kendall Graveman, take a seat. Joe Kelly, take a seat. Oh, yeah. That whole idea and the bats saved him for that. And there's nothing like 
uh, your home state to give you some sort of it's ignite the flame inside of you. Obviously, he's from California. So being able to pitch his last two games in the great state against the Angels and the Giants, I'm sure he felt good being on the West Coast. The Angels, yes. The Giants, no. And here's why I believe that. Okay. Being born and raised in Southern California, (laughs) there are three different worlds there. There is Los Angeles, and then where Lucas Giolito started the week, Behind the orange curtain. Okay. It's a whole different world down there. It's Disneyland, and it's a whole different world behind the orange curtain. San Francisco might as well be another country. Okay. It's not. However, the idea that he was on the West Coast and that his family could see him. Yeah. And who knows? Because it it wasn't just him. I, I would imagine he's got Ethan Katz's family flying up too right right not just in anaheim <laughs> yeah. but flying up yeah so there's that there's something to be said for that and i found something it was early in the week Lucas giolito had some what i thought were passive aggressive comments about being prepared to play okay and the comments read like he wasn't calling out anybody but calling out certain people who knew they needed to be called out i love that and i don't why not? Because he's the elder be- statesman on the team. He should be able to say he's things not like that. Elder statesman. On the he's, team he, he is. still gets carded for alcohol. Stop Cut it. it out. He's he's a he is your he should be your ace on the roster, and therefore he should be able to say things like that. Right. And he should be able to name names. Here's my problem with that is if you're a Cub fan, you remember when the Cubs were dysfunctional, and they are still in, in certain ways. But when they were dysfunctional, when they had Sammy Sosa and Kerry Wood, those are the two, those are the, the, the poles, the polar opposites sure. there. And that's why everybody believes, knows, or some know for sure, that Kerry Wood destroyed Sammy's boombox. <laughs> and the problem with that is Kerry, everybody wanted Kerry Wood, the big, tough Texan, their, their right. Roger Clemens wannabe. Speak out, lead the team, be that guy. He's a pitcher. Pitchers aren't really allowed to do that. John Lester okay. was. John Lester was that for the champion Cubs. But you couldn't do that as a pitcher, and that's why maybe that's why Lucas Giolito phrased it the way he did, talking about we got to be prepared, we all have to be ready to do the game. Maybe he's talking to guys who, with all the injuries they've had, maybe the guys in the cl- dressing room, the clubhouse know these guys haven't been doing it. They don't stretch they don't stretch right. They haven't been following a program. Word gets around. Now they're hurt. And if you're hurt because of your own negligence, you're not helping the team. You're a bad teammate. Okay. So so a little a little too much reggaeton, not enough dancing in the clubhouse to stretch your stretch your <laughs> limbs out. They're just listening and, and eating some arroz con gandules or something. Love like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you wish. But I'm I I'm he said something and then I, I was also earlier in the week when it was it was Anaheim, and then they finally started hitting. Cueto was pitching, right? Cueto gave up, you know, a pop fly becomes a home run. And Cueto um, gave up a bomb and then came into the dugout and told, his, told the hitters, yes, he admitted this after the game, yes, hey, let's hit homers. Let's put the ball in play. The ball is carrying today. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you're like, you, you would think the same thing, Gabe. Yeah. Right? You're a White Sox fan. Let's hit homers. 
Why didn't anybody come up with that idea earlier? Seems like no one's listening to that to that mantra right now. The ball is carrying. Isn't it a shame that not one White Sox has over ten home runs mm-hmm. at this point in the season? Yeah, and especially when you got guys that you know can, can hit the ball out of the park. They just for one reason or another not doing it. Not just can they're expected to. This offense yeah. was built around that that the home run that now we're I have no idea for. I expect, I fully expect Jose Abreu at whatever some people might consider an advanced age. I expect him to have the Abreu August we all come to expect, where he's the player of the month and he hits 500 home runs and <laughs> and and drives in a thousand runs. That's that I expect to be there. I do not expect them to be healthy. the 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 fallacy for the White Sox fans, one of them, is this: don't use the don't think. Well, God, when everybody gets healthy, you know. Eloy comes back, and they're never going to be healthy. Moncada will never be healthy. Eloy Jimenez will never be healthy. And if he does, he'll get hurt again. Louis Robert will get hurt again. Understand you're going to be watching guys get hurt. Then how are you going to – how will the manager manage this team? A guy who – a Hall of Failure baseball person who doesn't <laughs> doesn't seem to know his players particularly well. So – Understand that more guys will get hurt. If Jose Abreu stays healthy, your August is has gotten a massive boost. And if you see Lance Lynn stay healthy, and Lucas Giolito is this guy, and Johnny Cueto is working miracles, it seems like it, if anybody did damn Yankees right, made a deal with the devil, doesn't Johnny Cueto look like I love that guy? It. I love the fact that he stepped in and said to himself, I played a lot of baseball in Humble Park in my day. And there's always like a 53-year-old man that's just throwing gas because he knows how to pinpoint the ball. And you're just, you hate him. And there's a handful of them. And, but he's the elder statesman who, who knows he can play. And Johnny Cueto's that guy. Good movement on his pitches. Feel like he wants to be in a position to win with a good team. And he feels like he can contribute to this White Sox organization. So it's been a pleasant surprise to see him step in and say, hey, I don't have any excuses when I when I get on the bump, I'm gonna give you guys an opportunity to win, and it's been a it's been a welcome sight on the South Side to have Johnny Cueto be that when you've had inconsistency in the rotation as the White Sox had this season, and he's had a positive effect. Um, the the puppy following the the master uh, with Ronaldo Lopez. Yeah. Well, how that plays out, I don't know. Whatever that whatever that does, I don't know. But it can't hurt. I I know that it it if Johnny Cueto is that guy for Ronaldo Lopez, then Ronaldo Lopez is getting better because Johnny Cueto is not just a guy. Who, yeah, I did. Like you said, it's yeah. not just I did this. It's I'm still doing this. And Again, I can, I can. until yesterday, <laughs> he was the sole leader in quality starts, and yeah. he's been here 20 minutes. Uh, unreal. He's Gabe Ramirez. I'm Steve Rosenblum. We are your live and local morning sports entertainment on the 4th of July. We have 4th of July things for you, too, by the way. But let me give you our guest list today. 7.40 a.m., Bruce Levine, baseball analyst for The Score, contributor to Marquee Sports. He will be here. We will talk Sox and Cubs with Bruce. At 8 o'clock, Chuck Swirsky, the voice of the Bulls. Voice of the Bulls radio. He's a play-by-play guy heard right here on these very airwaves, this exact station. They have... They got a guy, they got another guy, they got another guy. They look like the same team, and that same team wasn't good enough. And why will it be good enough now? And when your best hope is help, and 
Kevin Durant. Maybe he's coming. Maybe Chuck, maybe Chuck knows that Kevin Durant's coming. 10 o'clock, Shane Reardon will be here. Well, Shane Reardon will be on the phone if he can make it. Right? Isn't that the whole idea, Gabe? Because he does. Gabe Ramirez, right over there, yeah. and Shane Reardon do the Southsiders podcast on... Why don't you share with the class when you do that podcast? Supposedly Sundays and Thursdays. <laughs> the operative word there is supposedly. <laughs> Whenever Shane can get his plumbing and his bourbon in order. But Shane's good, and he's a perfect guy to have talk about the 4th of July. For sure. Because he's, he's, he's Dr. Grill. He's Dr. Meat. And at 1020, Bart Winkler. Bart Winkler is 12.50 a.m. The fan in Milwaukee. The Brewers, the evil, dreaded Brewers and Cubs play each other. So we'll talk to Bart. And we will take your phone calls and thoughts. Right now we're talking to you, White Sox fans. 312-644-6767. You can text us at that number or call us. 312-644-6767. White Sox fans, do you believe now? Do you believe this is... This is the team, finally. This is what you're going to get. Do you believe this is your World Series-bound team? Or are you refusing to get suckered for the way they pantsed you so many times before? I'm Steve Rosen. Let me Gabe Ramirez. We are live and local on The Score, Chicago Sports Radio 670. Steve Rosenblum, Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Gabe Ramirez, just like the powerful voice, Rick Party set. <laughs> Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. We are live and local today on the 4th of July. Have a safe, happy holiday. Our phone number, 312-644-6767. You can also text us at that number, 312-644-6767. The text zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhunday.com. Got this text from 815. Did I get too high last night that I woke up on Saturday? <laughs> always this kind of confusion, Gabe. You just have to understand. The Wake and Bake Club, it's always time to wake and bake, and then they get confused. 309 texter, just got back into the truck. Yay, Independence Day suckage. Yes, Saturday suckage on Monday. We're Smoke talk- weed every day. Hey. Thank you, Nate Dog. And it's not true that Nate Dog's given name was Nathan's hot dog eating contest. I would I wouldn't think so, but that's that's today. That's where our sports has degenerated. That it's the hot dog eating contest. I know the over under seventy two and a half. You go for it. Yeah. <laughs> you go yeah, for yeah, that. Right. Has the I'm Fat podcast, my guys. Jay Zawoski and Rick Camp. By the way, 4th of July is a big day for Rick Camp. Oh, yeah. Because he, not just big, because he's big, but big because the real, the first Rick Camp played, that was a 26th inning game for the Braves that had to be played over two days and was eventually won, and Rick Camp at the homer and all of that. And our Rick Camp didn't know who that Rick Camp was in the famous baseball game. Yes. So he was explaining that. I think it's in his Twitter bio. Not that Rick Kent. Uh-huh. And he will <clears throat> proudly or unabashedly tell you that he had no idea about that until I explained to him who Rick Camp was. There are also other goings-on on the 4th of July. We'll get to that in just a moment. We asked for your phone calls, White Sox fans. Do you trust them? Do you believe? Are you back on with this? Or are you done getting suckered? I mean, this was the team that went in New York, destroyed the Yankees, and you believed in them. And how'd that work out for you? 
after that Yankee series. That <clears throat> they came home and lost a bunch of games to the Cubs and Red Sox. 312-644-6767. Kevin and Palatine, welcome to the score. Hey, good morning. Hey, good morning. Rosie, I, 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 hey, Rosie, I like that you're smart, but you know that this is Lucy pulling the football out from Charlie Brown. Here's what's going to happen. They're going to get swept by the Twins. Stop it. Then they're gonna beat, <laughs> then they're, no, then they're going to no, then they're going to no, win. Then they're going to win every game against the Tigers, fourteen nothing. There's going to be chest pounding. Then they're going to get their ass kicked in the following series when they play Cleveland. Here's the issue, and I hate the moving of the goalposts. So Rosie, you got to lead the charge here. This team was not built to win this garbage division, and anyone that thinks the Twins. Like the Giants, the doormat Giants. I don't care if they have a winning record. Seven errors a game. The only player on the Giants who could start for the Twins is Jack Peterson. And now we got Gabe here with his seashells and balloons this morning leading the band. (laughs) This team isn't winning anything. This team is a joke. Eloy sucked before he got hurt. And now everyone's, oh, wait till Eloy gets back. And the lead cheerleader for that is Mr. I'm always right, Steve Stone, who cries like a little girl who got her bicycle stolen every time about the injury. The Sox aren't even in the top league of the injuries this year. It's a it's a mirage, guys. It's a complete joke. They didn't spend in the offseason. They could have got a real second baseman. It is what it is. They didn't replace Carlos Rodon. But, Gabe, you enjoy your 4th of July and you enjoy your myth because this team isn't doing anything. I do thank like you. cotton candy. I will say that. Kevin, and- thank you for your kind <laughs> holiday wishes. I know. <clears throat> I will say this. Here's where, whatever you believe in Eloy or not, he is injury prone. Whatever, whatever Rick Hahn wants to say or not, his most of his team is injury prone this year. They have whatever the source is. I don't believe they know. They suspect. They don't know. Otherwise, they would stop this. It's heart and, and hustle <clears throat> is the problem. These guys play hard. Hard and hustle. They play hard. The will to win. TWTW. They're not letting the ball drop in front of them. They're trying to make plays. They can't help it. They're gamers. I am glad I'm not wearing open-toed shoes. I'll be the positivity on this show. You can. You, you, you can go ahead, and, and I'll tell you the truth. But I, the truth is also this. The, this. This team was not filled in to win the World Series. Second base is, is when you have a manager, a Hall of Failure baseball person, who insists that Leury Garcia is Albert Pujols, <laughs> treats him like Ryan Sandberg, it is, a, it is a horrible bit of – it's managerial malpractice when you have that guy and, and the Sox are, what, more than 10 games under five hundred with Larry Garcia starting games. And the manager insists on doing that. That's managerial malpractice. The one thing that deodorizes the managerial malpractice – is when you can finally hit home runs because second base is still a disaster. Right field, maybe you're seeing a little bit of hope, but your starting pitching is looking like you're starting pitching. That is your momentum. That is your hope against the Twins. That is what you saw Lynn and Cease and Giolito do, and now here comes Cueto, and we were off the air after the break. (laughs) We were talking about, you know, teams need that guy. Like you were talking about Humboldt Parker's a fifty-three-year-old guy, <laughs> and he's throwing heat. And you go, and we, we started talking about El Duque. Yeah, <laughs> right. The most, yeah. the biggest inning in White Sox history, arguably. 
in 2005, and we didn't know how old he was. So I'll just say this. You can add the addendum, but I will just say this. Baseball Reference lists him at 39. That year. <laughs> that year. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. So there you go. We will we'll cut the we'll cut them open and count the rings. But that look, if you're gonna make allusions two thousand five, which you ought to if you're a White Sox fan and you believe in the World Series, then yeah, in the role of El Duque, here's Johnny Cueto. All kinds of movement, all kinds of wait, how's he doing this? Wait, what's the old guy doing? And then the the miracle inning, right? And I feel like you're right. The rotation is what's going to propel you into that, you know, top-tier category in the AL Central. You're hitting. You know, they're, they're still fifth in batting average. I mean, they're hitting the ball. They're just not hitting it with runners in scoring position in order to put some runs on the board. And you're right. I mean, if if if, if obviously Cease is the most consistent pitcher we have so far, but if Giolito can somehow continue to string those starts together, Lance Lynn, I don't believe in him just because I've, he's left a sour taste in my mouth for the, you know, from last playoffs. He just know he's not that top top of the rotation type of guy, but he's someone that can eat up some innings and and you hope for the best when he's on the mound. But the Sox team, you guys keep saying they're not built to to perform. Of course, if, listen, injuries happen. You said it. The guy who just called in said it. We're not even at the top of the league in terms of of games lost to injury. But when these guys are healthy as they should be, and performing well, Yoan Moncada, Jose Abreu, Tim Anderson. I mean. You got guys that, you know, I play video games. You got guys that I'd pick the White Sox if I was playing online right now because they have a, a good team. And they're going to put some wins together. Not, I cannot imagine they're just going to hover in mediocrity for the entire season. Why not? They have. No, because statistically speaking, they've been so piss poor that they're bound to have a stretch of games where they, you know, are playing above 500 baseball. Everybody's going to go through those stretches. What makes you think the, Red so- the White Sox can do it for the rest of the year? And and I'll even give you to the middle of August. We're only I'll four and a half you, games out. I'll, it's not like they're ten games out. They're right, four and a half. And two teams. Yeah, but it's the Guardians and the Twins. Right, that both have better rosters for this kind of baseball. I mean, because they're what? Because they're because they're playing small ball and slapping them around. Well, because they're winning. They're playing bad. They have Byron Buxton, and I bet. And I bet you're he has Hall to stay of, healthy too. Uh, your Hall of Famer baseball person, your Hall of Fame baseball person. I like when you say failure. Better. Yeah. Hall of Failure baseball person is probably going to pitch to Byron Buxton again. <laughs> By the way, he did that. He went all Byron Buxton the other day. The Twins are in town, so the Byron Buxton show is going to go on. Um, he went he went all Byron Buxton, walk-off homer. Joe Ryan, a Twins pitcher, this is great. This really crosses so many generations. Joe Ryan was asked how big Byron Buxton's walk-off homer felt for the Twins after such a difficult road trip in Cleveland. So Joe Ryan used the opportunity to quote one of the great philosophers of our time. What's the Michael Scott one? Well, 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 how the turntables. He's gone all. That's hilarious. He's gone all office, the Dunder Mifflin. All right, we got uh, Ron on the south side. Ron, thank you for calling the score. Welcome. Good morning, gentlemen. Three quick comments about the uh White Sox, and, and you all hit on one thing. It's very troubling. This team was put together to hit home runs, to score by hitting home runs, and particularly at their ballpark. But what's even more troubling is, and, and you know, uh, Steve, uh, you mentioned you kind of 
do I believe in them right now? I'll have to see, particularly after these home games, the White Sox are not playing 500 at home. Conversely, the Minnesota Twins, they're about eight games above 500. And guess what? Their record at home, they're about eight games over. So you're not going to win your division if you have a record below 500 uh, at home. But but uh, I am optimistic when you – the one thing they have going for them, guys, is pitching. And when you look at the how when the White Sox, when they begin a series, you feel pretty good about the pitching matchups. But, guys, one last thing. Yohan McConnell is just terrible. Stop it. Just t- terrible. Stop it. I'm not going to let you continue to say that. <laughs> Since he I said will. he's no, no, since he said, to say that, since Ron. he said he's feeling better at the plays, yeah, he's been over three hundred since then. He's he's playing well in his last couple of weeks. We we can't you can't you can't look at Yamakata and then just only pinpoint the beginning of the season and be like this guy sucks. He's played he played well last year. You know what you can expect from him, and he's playing well as of late. It, it, you, what have you done for me lately? Bat over three hundred. So let's 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 start to change that narrative about Yohan Moncada and what he's been providing for this White Sox, especially at the bottom of of the lineup. Granted, he's not your number two hitter. You know, switch hitting, doing what he was doing last year, but he's coming around. He's putting a smile on his face. He's cheering up a little bit. That's what you need from Yohan, and and he's he's been doing that. So I'm here. Damn it, I'm here to change the narrative on Yohan Moncada at least today. Okay, you try, and I've got left hamstring in the next <laughs> Yohan Moncada injury pool. That would be my call. By the way, um, to to factualize Ron's point, the Minnesota Twins are playing 581 baseball at home and 513 on the road. They're 20 and 19 on the road, and that's the team your Sox will be facing. We'll find out what kind of team the Sox are at least in the opinion of Bruce Levine. We're going to take a break. He's Gabriel Ramirez. I'm Steve Rosenblum. When we come back on this live and local 4th of July, independence, you have independence from all of those national stocked, dusty, musty takes on with Rufus from Rochester. We're live and local, and we are Bruce Levine, and he's had his prune juice, and he's going to come and talk <laughs> baseball with us next Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Steve Rosenblum, Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. For the past two weeks, you've been reading about a bad brag. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. That is baseball's most famous 4th of July moment. Now, I know Dave Rigetti threw a no-hitter, and I knew Larry Bittner pitched on the 4th of July in a, in a wonderful Cubs miserable game where he hit a battery, started a riot, it was, he got fined, all that. But that was Lou Gehrig. That was the Iron Horse, Lou Gehrig, addressing the Yankee Stadium crowd on Lou Gehrig Day after his Iron Man record had, been, had ended, his streak had ended. Lou Gehrig, in 1939, addressed the crowd. And I can only think of one thing. Bruce Levine, were you in the dugout or the press box for that? (laughs) Well, I saw you standing outside in the line, so I was walking in. (laughs) 
That is, that was it. That was 4th of July. That was Lou Gehrig, 1939. The movie, like, we watched, I know I did. I watched that movie, The Pride of the Yankees, regularly. I, and I, that was, I never really understood it. And, and Lou Gehrig and ALS remain, connect, connect the dots to Boog Shambi and fighting ALS. And we all know, I think there's fewer than six degrees of separation for people who have, have contracted or deal with it in families like that. But that was the 4th of July moment. And I, I know it touches your heart, Bruce, to, to, to be there and to conduct and to be able to record Lou Gehrig for that. I think that was you on the recording, wasn't it, Bruce? It was. I was using my old Morantz, the one that Robert and I <laughs> He's playing the Morantz card. Bruce Levine, score reporter, does a terrific job on the baseball beat, and he was on inside. The, he is on Inside Clubhouse, co-hosted by Scores Morning host David, co-host David Haw, and you hear them from nine to eleven on Saturdays. And they did a, a really nice interview with Chris Getz that I was happy to replay because it covered so much. Last Saturday, it covered what guys, what the hurt guys are doing. What the hell? What what's coming? They call some Montgomery show, and also the the questions about the what else is coming? The rules changes, the robot umps, and the pitch clock, and things like that. It was really well done, uh, and I got to say, I'm surprised that you did an interview very well, Bruce. Well, you know, for all the times that you and I worked together, it, it, you know, kind of, you know, I had a better partner this time yes, so it, it made it a lot easier so with the white Sox, <laughs> with the white Sox, with what might be coming back and i would ex- do you expect moves today do you expect announcements today they start the series against the twins 15 games in 14 days before the all-star game what are you looking at for the white Sox? what are you expecting and is this really their season or is this just july well it's always and always will be about pitching. You can talk about home runs and offense and batting average and, uh, you know, defenses that shut people down. It's always about pitching. And uh, when it comes to the White Sox, I think you've seen over this last stretch that uh, they can pitch with anybody starting pitching-wise. And today they get back Liam Hendricks, which is essentially the most important pitcher they have on that team. Now the starting pitchers are uh, important and they are the lifeblood of the, the White Sox moving forward. But Liam Hendricks, both uh, on the field and in the clubhouse, a uh, very important, effective pitcher in baseball. And uh, getting him back today is the key. Keeping him healthy is, is one of the keys to the rest of the season. The, the, the bullpen managed to keep it together while he was out for this uh, couple of weeks here. But in reality, uh, they don't win without two people. Tim Anderson's one. And uh, Liam Hendricks is the other. Now, when I'm look, you're talking about pitching, and I look at Lance Lynn, even I was surprised at the start on Friday and what a phenomenal job he did, just because it seems as though I'm, I'm, I'm never sure what I'm going to get from Lance Lynn whenever he's on the mound. Do you feel, uh, Bruce, when you watch him, that he can be that consistent starter for the White Sox, or do you think he is just going to continue to have that roller coaster of a ride as the season continues? Well, he's an older pitcher, and, you know, he's coming off of a knee problem. Uh, it looked like in the fourth inning of his last start that he was going to have to come out. He tweaked that knee, had to walk around the mound for, I would say, two or three minutes. Uh, La Russa and the pitching coach and the trainer came out, and uh, they had to uh, check to see he was all right. And then he then he pitched great, pitched through six innings, uh, didn't give anything up, and 
I think he's, you know, one of the most important pitchers on the White Sox, without a without question. He was, along with Carlos Rodan, the two dominant pitchers for the White Sox last year when they when they got that ten game lead over the division and coasted the rest of the way. But he was an injured pitcher and uh, you know, a, a guy that wasn't firing on all cylinders the the second half of last year and this year coming into spring training hurting, had to have uh, surgery on the knee. So uh, he is uh, really, I mean, you can't say one is more important than the other, but from a from a perspective of uh, leadership and an all-star last year, uh, he, he's a very important part of this. And hopefully, I, I, can't, I can't tell you he's going to stay healthy. I can tell you that he looks like he's in better condition than he's been for a, a couple of years. And I, I think, uh, you know, hopefully he'll be able to stay on the mound. But the, the the resurgence of the White Sox is is based upon their starting pitching, and it's been really good. And if it stays that way, I, I expect them to climb back up on the top of the division. Talking with Bruce Levine, you can follow him on Twitter at, at MLB Bruce Levine. He's a score reporter. He covers baseball. He's a co-host of Inside the Clubhouse with David Haas, Saturdays 9 to 11. Year-round baseball talk for you, the score baseball fan. We're talking White Sox right now. The consecutive starts, consecutive quality starts, what Lucas Giolito has done as though he's, I don't know if he's figured something out. I don't know if it just took him a while to get over what ailed him, whether it was post-COVID, post-changing his approach or grips or whatever he and Ethan Katz were working on. What do you think it is, and what strikes you as looking most different and optimistic about Lucas, Lucas Giolito the last few times out, Bruce? I just think the, the command of the, uh, the fastball and the, the change up high in the uh, strike zone. He's, he's one of those different pitchers where he throws a great fastball and he throws a, a great changeup, but the changeup is a, a differently located changeup. It's a changeup that's high in the zone, and uh, there wasn't uh, enough differential, I believe, between the two pitches earlier in the year. And uh, he wasn't changing the, the uh, eye level of the hitter. It was uh, too predictable. Wasn't using the, the breaking ball enough. I think he's using that a lot more now to uh, make the hitter uh, guess where the zone is going to be. Uh, when, when he's firing in all cylinders, he is, you know, very difficult to hit because the fastball and the change look so similar and the fact that uh, there's usually seven or eight miles an hour difference in the pitch is what's made him one of the more effective pitchers in the American League. That consistency just wasn't there. It has been over the last couple starts. And uh, again, uh, going into the White Sox pitching lab, he talked a lot about that over the last uh, couple weeks. Uh, just getting there physically, also mentally, uh, you know, believing in himself again. Definitely the mental aspect of it is what's really going to contribute to his success moving forward in, in, in the season. And, and that's what you're, you want from a lot of these guys on offense as well. I noticed uh, late in the game, Tony ended up putting Jake Berger at second base. And I know people have been trying to figure out how to get him on the field if Yohan Mukata is back and playing third base. Is that even a possibility? Or was that just like a late game? We're winning by a bunch of runs. Let's just go ahead and throw Jake at second. No, I, I, th- I think you're right. I think you're right, Gabe, that uh... – he wants to be able to move him around. He wants to get that bat. I mean, you, you can make an argument that Jake Burgers has some of the biggest bats for the White Sox all year. I mean, you, you think back, there's 
four or five games he directly has impacted and wins with big hits. So he wants to bat in the order. Uh, he wants to keep his guys, more importantly, uh, out there. You know, uh, you know, with Mankata coming back and now stabilizing his game, starting to hit, you know, where, where are you going to find at-bats for Berger? You don't want to send him back to AAA. It's already proved that he can hit and, and uh, hit in big situations for you at the major league level. So the DH role is going to get even more complicated with Grandal on the mend and Jimenez coming back. You know you, you know you want to protect Jimenez when he comes back after tweaking that hamstring twice already uh, once uh, during his rehab. So uh, those at-bats from the DH are going to be uh, pretty, pretty um, I, I don't know, it's packed. It's going to be packed. So you have to get Abreu a day off now and then. You have to get Anderson off of his legs from time to time. So... Uh, they're going to have to be stealth about how they are able to use Berger and get him in there. One of the problems with that and Berger's availability and use and, and play at second base is that the Hall of Failure baseball person managing this team <laughs> has a Leuri fetish that is hurting this team. This team is under 500 when Leuri Garcia starts. Not just under 500, more than 10 games under 500. The fact that the manager can't see what a disaster this is and that this team needs to hit and needs to hit home runs was built on home runs is a major problem. And it doesn't seem like the general manager who was neutered by the chairman to hire this manager can make anything different. So I don't know what might change unless you have some ideas, Bruce. Can you can you disabuse me of this this idea? Yeah, I, I... I don't. I don't know how you you can relate to uh, uh, Berger and Garcia because they they're different athletes. They're different position players. Uh, you, you can't really play them, you know, one or the other. It, it just doesn't fit. I can put uh, Berger at second, and I can put Leury Garcia on the bench where they both belong. Okay. Well, you you know, with all due respect to Berger, uh, you're gonna defense is is not gonna be your your range isn't gonna be there. Uh, it's not a 16-inch softball game. It's, it's Leury Garcia is not much of a defensive player for a guy who's built up by the manager to be Albert Pujols or Ryan Sandberg. Well, the look manager at, didn't at, sign him to the three-year contract, okay? He doesn't have to play him. He wasn't signed no, to play well, that I mean, much. Okay. He I wasn't. Just think, I mean, he was one of their most effective players uh, of last year when they won 93 games. Uh, that's how he earned the uh, three-year contract, playing all over the place and uh, putting up a lot of uh, good production. So, you know, I understand that he's had a miserable first half, and I understand, you know, pointing out the fact that he hasn't been very good. All true, you know, but going forward here, you're going to have to put out defensive players to win baseball games. But the manager, uh, the Hall of Failure baseball person, has never improved this team's defense. He's never stressed it. He's never Well, he's forced... 77. He can't play second base anymore. I'm not asking him to. I'm asking him to have an effect on this team's defense. Okay. I'm, well, I'm asking him to he, he, stress it, to show me where this team is better defensively, where it can save runs. I just don't see it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can say that, look, Harrison has picked up his game. He's playing a better second base than he was. Certainly he was, uh, you know, the first half here. Not what, not the player they thought he would be. Uh, again, they are fortunate 
to be in the position they are right yeah. now. They could easily be yes. eight or nine games out. They could be the really, Rays. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, but, you know, luckily they're not in the Eastern Division. Yeah. That That's the wrong division to be in this year. But from, from the perspective of, you know, the choices that the manager has out there, you know, roster construction has an awful lot to do with your choices on a given day. Bruce, I appreciate your time. Thank you for suffering through the abuse that I regularly give you. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a great day. There's a have lot of that Bruce. going around. He's Bruce <laughs> Levine. Right. Bruce Take Levine, care. score baseball reporter. All the scoops, and you can get it listening to the score. And, again, Saturdays from 9 to 11 with David Haw inside the clubhouse. They have terrific interviews talking baseball year-round for two hours, 9 to 11, every Saturday. Bruce joined us on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Gabriel Ramirez over there. I'm Steve Rosenman. We're going to take a break. When we come back, the Bulls did a thing. The Bulls did several things. The Bulls did things that make us scratch our head. A man with some answers will join us next. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 